Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to Amplified. How exciting it is. This is the really the Napoleon Hill show and Dr. Greg Reed, I'm telling you, he is not on the show today. So we have the counterparts and Don Green is actually one of the uh, founders of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. So Andrea, how are you doing? I am absolutely fabulous, enjoying a beautiful day after a snowstorm in Chicago and Ohio and in Baltimore. <laughs> oh, I, okay. Well, I didn't know we were announcing the weather. So, yes, we are <laughs> We are trapped here in Maryland, too. So, <laughs> it is rather cold. So, this will be a, not an evergreen, but an ever-snow program. So, go ahead, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can always make the weather beautiful no matter where we are. So, um, we um, actually, I just wanted to follow up that uh, I did some wonderful things. This past couple of weekends with a keep smiling movement. So I'm so excited to, you know, show everybody what we're going to be doing this year, uh, just as a follow up to what we've been talking about, how we've been expanding internationally. So uh, super excited well, in the works. Do tell. Well, uh, one of the things is I, I met a woman who has um, uh, invited us to uh, speak to the people who she got special permission from to go into areas of land that have never been photographed before. Uh, she, she did get access to them and photographed them and created this book of the earth and um, has said that she loves the idea of us being able to go and meet the natives in these areas like in Greenland and, uh, play, uh, and, and Nuke and all this other stuff that uh, are just places that nobody gets to go to and nobody gets to interact with these people and she'd love to bring the keep smiling movement to those areas so quite well, fun. It, it'll really spread fast in those areas and you know when you said <laughs> <laughs> when you said that they've never been photographed but she photographed them i think that actually may, means that they're now photographed they are they are now photographed thank you okay. that, that is right <laughs> <laughs> all right well awesome so dr greg reed is actually doing a, a keep smiling book and we have the secret not coming up I think in the spring, so that book will be released, and we have two wonderful candidates who cause tons of smiles in the world, especially since their books, or the Napoleon Hill books specifically, is announced almost, what do you think, half the time, 70% of the time, when we say, what is your favorite book or a book that changed your life? I would say 70, 75, almost pushing 80. Probably 78, yeah, probably 78. Just. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's introduce our first guest. Oh, fabulous. Don Green. He is a resident of Wise, Virginia, the birthplace of Napoleon Hill, and he brings nearly 45 years of banking, finance, and entrepreneurship experience to his role as the executive director of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. His first youthful business venture was charging admission to see his pet bear. Yes, that is the living, growling, or kind of bear. And since 2000, he has traveled worldwide and used his finance skills to grow the foundation's funds in order to continue the foundation's educational outreach. Green has both modeled leadership skills as a CEO and taught them through the PMA Science of Success course at the University of Virginia's College at WISE. Don specializes in discussing his personal experiences in leadership and providing audiences with proven methods of 
applying Dr. Hill's success philosophy to business. So excited to have you here. It's been great meeting you in person. Don Green, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Wow, we had like that storm just rip through our radio station. Are you okay? I hope Aaron at the production crew is okay. I think that storm just I almost sounded wiped him terrible. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, tell us about Wise Virginia first of all. I mean, how lucky are you to be born in a city that almost says you got to be smart? <laughs> well, it was named after it was named after a former governor uh, that was the name of Wise. So. I think that tells us it didn't have a lot to do with it, but some popular governor of the state of Virginia uh, around the time of the, the uh, Civil War, I believe. Um, anyway, they split up a lot of land mass and split some count, created some new counties. And uh, so we are named after Henry Wise, I believe is the governor's name. But uh, this is also the place that Napoleon Hill was born um, and um, we have a few other a few other notables. Uh, George C. Scott that played Patton. He's from here. He used to drive a school bus right by his house. Of course, he's no longer here and no longer with us. But uh, he was from Wise, and and we've had some fabulous sports figures and so forth. But we're a small town with uh, two red lights or or three. Don't need one of them. So per capita. Wise produces some very wise people. Uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, we're looked on as hillbillies, rednecks, or so forth, but, uh, hey, we got, we, we got a, we got a, we create a few billionaires. Unfortunately, I'm not mm-hmm. one of them, but, uh, but <laughs> I've been, I, I would say I've been pretty successful as a bank president for almost 20 years, and I've started uh, numerous business from, uh, spring water to uh, dry cleaners uh, to cable TV. Uh, uh, I guess I guess I would be defined as an entrepreneur. Awesome. So, what is the what was the population back with Napoleon Hill days, uh, his birth, and then what is it now? It's uh, not a not a whole lot of difference. Uh, we're not in a growth area. The, the county is about forty thousand people. Uh, so. Uh, it's not. It's not changed. It's not changed. It's not changed tremendously. Uh, if anything, we're a coal mining area, and as it's went down, and people don't have as large a family. It's not a, not a tremendous lot of industry in the in the area, but it's a fabulous place to, fabulous place to live. Low crime, um, 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 traffic. We don't have that problem. Um, well, with um, only tr- two traffic lights. Better not uh, have too much traffic. Do you think that uh, the, I mean, with 40,000, it would almost be an argument to get two more traffic lights? How's that? With uh, the size of your city, it's 40,000. I'd, I'd almost think they deserve two more traffic lights, one traffic light per 10,000. No, no, no. 40,000 is the whole county. Oh, gotcha. In the county, uh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. The town's <laughs> probably got uh, five or six. Well, let's cut to uh, Mr. Napoleon Hill because he is one of the focal points, obviously, of this show. So, tell us about your childhood and when you actually um, had encountered him. Well, I read the I read the books and uh, when I was a young person because I, I read I read everything I could find in the library on biographies and uh, people that led a successful life, whether they was politicians or business people. 
I'm an avid reader, reading probably at least three or four books a week, and uh, still do. And uh, I found out he was from the area, which made me even more interested. And uh, I continue to read his books over and over. And also, I think I've read everything that he ever read that I know of. He, you know, he he was influenced by Orson Sweat Martin, who wrote a lot of books. Um, uh, they both read. Uh, Self-help psychology, probably the first self-help book written by a guy by the name of Samuel Smiles in 1859, I think. And uh, I've read it a few times, and a lot of it works very similar. Uh, he read uh, Albert Hubbard, uh, uh, L.O. Wilcox, uh, got Emerson, Ralph Waldo Emerson, um, and he read the biographies, too. So I've tried to accumulate and read the material he did. And some of them are very similar. Horse and Sweat Martin had two two uh, PhDs, one in law and one in medicine. And he wrote such books as Every Man a King, Pushing to the Front. They were self-help books. And uh, Hill quoted him a lot. And uh, But but uh, Orson, he was, he was busy with the other, other things, and he didn't promote like Napoleon Hill. Napoleon, I got one of his, one year, he, I got his ledger. He was in 80-some different cities, and this was traveling by car. So uh, uh, he, he'd go anywhere and speak for $100. Of course, he was promoting his magazines and promoting his books. And uh, he, was, he was very active in, in, what he, in what he did. Well, Dr. Greg Reed uh, is very fond of you and the Napoleon Hill Foundation, and I'd like to hear the story from your perspective of how you met him and um, how, how that relationship evolved. Well, you know, I had a, I, it's a, it's a guy, Charlie Tremendous Jones, uh, run executive books. Um, he, uh, I, he must have bought, I don't know, he probably, I don't know, he probably bought a million books from us. He would, he would buy 10,000, 20,000 of a book, and we had an agreement. I'd print them for him at a set price above cost. We never signed nothing, never know, just a, just a speaking on the phone. He'd say, Don, I need 10,000 of this book. We'd print them, send them to us, and he paid me the margin that I asked for, and we never signed nothing. So I was in an event with Charlie up in Pennsylvania, I believe, and, and um, Charlie asked me, he said he'd been... He'd been around Greg, and he said um, he'd like to get a start, and he said doing a book with you guys would be tremendous for him. And so I had the idea of the book, Three Feet from Goal, and uh, Greg started writing it. I did with him. I did some of the interviews, and uh, I don't know, we got up to about 80 pages, and we met with some publishers in New York, and we never got anywhere on it, never got a, never got a good offer. So I came back and I called Sharon Lecter. Sharon had contacted me. She had broke up with a, her partner that did the Rich Dad Poor Dad books. And I told her I would like to involve her on the book uh, with the, the foundation and Greg. And uh, and she basically together, they finished it. Or she hit the bestseller list. And it's been out, I guess, 10 years and uh, done real well. It's in, I don't know, I can go back and look, probably 30 foreign languages. But then... Uh, the uh, contract expired, and so it's getting ready to we deal with another publisher, and it's going to be the 10th anniversary edition, and uh, probably be out towards the latter part of the part of the part of the year as a uh, as a 10th anniversary edition. 
and so we did, we did that we did that uh, book, and then we worked together on some other stuff. It's already getting near tenth year. How's that? You said it's getting near tenth year anniversary. So you said? Yeah, it'll be the tenth anniversary edition. It'll be issued. It'll be done the latter part <laughs> of the year, probably. Well, we have well, a contract I... on it. We have a contract on it, and they're adding some material to it. So you gave the idea of the tenth, uh, the three feet from gold, right? Yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah. I, I can't I can't do a lot, but I do have ideas. Yeah, that was a story in Thinking Grow Rich, and I had the idea for it. And then Greg did another book with us called Thoughts or Things, and, and that was my idea. That's the first three words in Thinking Grow Rich, mm-hmm. and I'm doing a book with Sharon and Greg called Success and Something Greater. That was actually a title, but Napoleon Hill picked for a book that he did with Penguin Random House called Grow Rich with Peace of Mind. They wanted to change the title of it. In fact, as our old contract has only success and something greater by Napoleon Hill was a title that hadn't been used, so I thought that would be a good title for the next project. And 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 we've we've already got a contract on it. It's just uh, it's not ready. It's not ready to be published. On I think it's a September date. We got so much going. I'm pretty sure it's September is a release date. Well, I have to say, uh, Napoleon Hill is someone I wish was still alive because if there's anyone I've had um, shared on our our program that has caused more smiles, it would certainly be him. And it's so cool that you, Sharon, and Greg have really amplified and caused the next generations and the generations now to understand not only the story, but the philosophy of how you create abundance. Well, so, well we do a lot. We've done, uh, we've done our turning. I've done four books uh, on our own out of... Uh, of uh, Hill had he wrote uh, he wrote pamphlets he called Mental Dynamite in 1941 when working for human as a human resource officer and we took those things up and divided them into four books. Penguin has published the first three: Had uh, uh, on Your Own Mind, Path to Personal Power, and uh, uh, the other ones, uh, uh, Wishes Won't Bring Riches. And three of them have been published this past year, and the fourth one will be published sometime this year. It's called uh, Andrew Carnegie's Gift. And uh, we've do done a lot of books. I, I did one that came out in the fall called, and I did, it's called Think, The Five Essentials from Think and Grow Rich. It's a gift book, and it's been absolutely unbelievable. Uh, they did a lot of promotions. I took it to, uh, it's a gift book, actually, and it's small. But uh, if you look on Amazon, I believe there's 7,000 people reviewed it. I took hmm. 15 with me to uh, I took 15 with me to the book fair in October, and I've already done 11 foreign contracts on it, and I've got a whole bunch more pending. Uh, so we continue to uh, put uh, material out. Uh, uh, I've got a new book with best-selling author uh, Jeffrey Gittimore, who wrote a little red cell. Uh, well, he's probably the best sales trainer in the United States. It's called Napoleon Hill's Truthful Living. It's, uh, oh, that's it's awesome. All, it's all Napoleon Hill, uh, and uh, uh, it's with Amazon, and they spent a fortune promoting it. It's uh, it just been released. I think it'll do real good. It's it's uh, it's his earliest writings. In 1917, he was teaching a sales course, and uh, and uh, and we had we had all the literature from it, and of course, Jeffrey took it and added his. On comments to it, and they stand out, which is is that what he's added to it. He put his name to it, same as Sharon did when she 
edited that way in the devil. So it stands out. The reader don't have to wonder what the what he'll said and what someone else said. It is only for clarification purposes. Well, Jeffrey Gittimer is certainly uh, the king of sales, so it's awesome that he adopted that and is doing a joint venture with you. So awesome. Yeah, we've had a I good relationship. Want- Jeffrey's probably I- got to say, he's got the He's got a collection of Napoleon Hill stuff. He said, just uh, in his in his offices in Charlotte, and um, he's uh, he 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 really he, he really uh, he really thinks a lot of Napoleon Hill. And we've been, golly, we worked together for years. He, in fact, is he runs my e-sign letter as a favor to the foundation, and so uh, uh, we've done we've done lots of stuff together. Well, I have, uh, first of all, an acknowledgement to make that if it wasn't for Eric Swanson's Habitude Warrior, we wouldn't have revitalized uh, a relationship and conversation with Sharon and then also met you live. I've heard so much about you. So I wanted to ask you, what is it that people may not know about Napoleon Hill's childhood, his success as an adult, and how he um, finished life as a legacy? Well, you know, in this area, when Hill was going to school, it was. It wasn't even mandatory. He's born in 1883. There wasn't even a law required the kids to go to school. And then they went only about four months. And even Hill's father, they thought, boy gets up, you know, 12, 13, 14. He's he learned. He knows to how to read and write, and that's all was necessary. So you get a job. You know, it was nothing for the kids uh, to go to work at uh, 12, 13, or 14 inside of coal mines. We didn't have the child labor laws you have now. In fact, is I one of my I pulled steel out of the summer. Uh, parents didn't know what I was doing uh, for 75 cents an hour, and that's when it hit me. They see these poor guys like my dad working in the coal mines uh, all their life and, you know, get crippled up and so forth. And I don't know from what I, what I read. It dawned on me one day, hey, these guys are hard workers. They sweat. They raise their family. And they're honest. They're good people. And they just get by and make a living. But the people that's really making a Making making money, doing well. They're using their mind, and and that's and that's what I've been driven by. My brothers are mechanics or got skilled. Believe me, I can't turn. I can barely change a light bulb. As my wife said about me, Don can't do nothing, but he can always find somebody to do what he wants done. And I guess that would probably well define me. Um, I have lots of ideas. We have. We'll. You'll see lots of other books we've got. Hill wrote and wrote and wrote, but what happened to him when he was about eight years old, his mother died, and a year later, uh, his father uh, remarried. He married a woman. She was a a, uh, widow woman, but her husband had been a high school principal. Her father had been a medical doctor, and she came into the family, and she encouraged uh, Napoleon to affect this when he was 13. She had, had him trade a gun he had, a typewriter, and she told him he'd be famous one day. And, uh, and she, she encouraged him. And later in life, he almost said the same thing Abe Lincoln did about his stepmother. He said that ever what I am or ever will be, aspire to be, I owe to my dear stepmother. And uh, so uh, that was his, uh, that was his uh, um, lifeline was his mother. And his mother, in fact, is she took her insurance Money from uh, from uh, her husband's death, and she sent Napoleon Hill's dad, J. M. Hill. She sent him to uh, to a dental school in Louisville, Kentucky. I believe he's in the first class, and I don't know how many months it was. But he had been practicing medicine 
by fixing people's teeth with a mail order kit he had ordered. He could actually fix people's teeth and mold them on a, uh, and mold them and so forth. And they served him with a warrant, and he couldn't do it no more. He was practicing medicine, practicing without a license. So his wife said, "You're not going to quit." He said, "I'm going to send you to school." So he came back and, and hung a little sign up said, "Dr. J. M. Hill," and he practiced. The fact is, he was a, he was a dentist in the county for a long time was the only one. He practiced it until he, until he died in the late 30s. But uh, the father never encouraged him. It was a stepmother that encouraged him. And uh, I think mm. most of the family thought he was stupid, you know. But um, he went off to business school, well, a few months to be a male secretary. And he came back, and he, he contacted a guy by the name of Rufus Ayers. He was always referred to as General Rufus Ayers. He was in the Civil War, but uh, but he's also he was Attorney General for State of Virginia. He was a self-made lawyer, reading uh, reading under his uncle, and he passed the bar and started practicing, and uh, and he became one of the richest men in the county. So, uh, Hill, when he he served at at Blessings on on learn to be a male secretary, he contacted him, offered him to work for nothing, and to and to and then said, "You can set my pay." Based on uh, based on what you think it's worth, and so he uh, he went to work for him, and he inspired him, uh, and I think he thought, well, that's making a lawyer would be it. So he encouraged his brother, and both of them applied for Georgetown University Law School, and um, they were accepted. His brother was named Vivian. He finished. Napoleon didn't finish. He got inter- interrupted by a love bug while he was working. His idea was to write stories of. And for magazines, and he did. You know, he covered like we got a paper clip, we got a newspaper clip, and he covered the Wright brothers' flight. The article says a young cub reporter by the name of Oliver Napoleon Hill uh, covered the flight. But uh, he did a lot of he did a lot of interviews um, for Bob Taylor. Bob Taylor had a magazine um, and was also a senator from the state of Tennessee, and he worked for him writing articles and doing doing interviews. And so he kept on doing interviews. Always one theme in his mind, why are some people successful and most others are not? And that drove him all of his life. You know, he said, well, it wasn't their birth. It wasn't necessarily the education, but there were certain things people did consciously or unconsciously. And that's how he uh, come up with his principles uh, that that he wrote about. Uh, He actually wrote 1919. I published a book with Wiley called Napoleon Hill's Golden Rules. It's composed of articles from his magazines, and I got all of his magazines. He had from 1919 to 23. In March 1919, he wrote an article on the law of attraction. Of course, that's what the secret later was going up, and it, but uh, Hill was writing about that as early as 1919, so it wasn't new. But the book was a good, t- was a good title, but um, uh, Hill basically is the one the rest of them have followed He's, he's influenced everybody I can imagine, from Jack Canfield, Mark, um, uh, Mark Victor Hansen, Tony Robbins, um, uh, Greg Reed, Sharon Lecter. Uh, you, you know, uh, on down the line, he's he's influenced, and he does today because uh, I get asked all the time, what, you know, well, the the principles it must change. This is he wrote he wrote a hundred years ago. I said, well, to me, it's like a law of gravity. Uh, you know, some some things don't change. You know, having a definite purpose and applied faith and going extra mile and so forth. 
people that use those principles uh, tend to be successful. Well, I have three more questions for you that are real quick ones. One is, since I live near D.C. and you do to some extent, how far are you from D.C.? About an eight-hour drive. We're eight down in drive. the south. But we're in a eight, we are, we're on this corner of the uh, state, the southwestern portion of the state. We're about fifteen miles from um, we're about fifteen miles from Kentucky. Matter of fact, is I believe there is uh, eight capitals closer to us than our own. Atlanta, Georgia is closer to our capital. Frankfurt is uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, North Carolina's capital, West Virginia's capital. All those states where we're located, I'm, we're closer to their capitals than we are our own. It's just a long state, you know. It's a, it's a. It, um, I said we're about. It's about an eight-hour drive from, uh, from. Uh, uh, the fact is, well, I, I went. I drove. I drove to Arlington. Uh, to I, I went to uh, the funeral of family. Asked me of David, which was Napoleon's last son to die. He was ninety-two years old, and he was West Virginia's most decorated soldier in World War Two. He, he retired from uh, retired from the from the from the army. And uh, when Greg Reed came to meet with you, tell us about that conversation more briefly and why you selected him. Well, you know, I, I showed him the uh, I showed him some of the files and stuff we had to work with. We have two uh, climate control storage units. It's just got all kinds of material in it, and I continuously uh, uh, married for fifty four years. My wife passed away about three years ago, and though I never uh, I, I start the cable TV company, I don't watch much TV, so I work on the I'll take a box of stuff that's sitting around my living room and uh, or my den and work on the stuff. And they just a lot of uh, they just a lot of material. They just a lot of material. Or there's a lot of material that's it's never never been published that he wrote and uh, did over. You know, we did a book called uh, uh, Success Habits. It's it's just simply a week long radio program he did, and uh, he had did a week long program in Jackson, Mississippi. We did, and he did one in in uh, Paris, Missouri, and we've taken them. They were on reel-to-reel tapes, and we can we get them fixed on the CD so we can listen to them. <laughs> I didn't want to try to play the tape because it brittle. We had to get them changed to CDs, and we had the CDs transcribed. So it really wasn't that hard to make a book out of it. Just take some editing, and some uh, yeah, yeah, words, words, uh, you know. Um, and make it a little smoother than just a, just a talking conversation. Great. Well, the last thing I wanted to ask you is, how rich was Napoleon Hill since he wrote about being successful and rich, uh, either during his lifetime or at the end of his life? He had all kinds of ups and downs when he died. I've got his. I've got. I've got the. I've got the will of his wife. Uh, she died last, and he had more than a million dollars in cash. So you know, he stores it. He sold his typewriter for ten dollars. Um, I don't where to come up with them. I got both of his typewriters in my office, and I got a letter from his nephew that is a doctor. I said I said at his desk the other day that uh, he owned since 1942. His his nephew he sent to medical school. He's a cardiologist. He actually practiced till about five years ago, full time, and uh, uh, he he had the desk from 1970 up to the time he he uh, had it delivered to me. Big old hand carved desk. Uh, um, and he also gave me the manuscript for Outweigh the Devil we published with with um, with Shern. But uh, I, I don't know where people get those things. Uh, one of the last pictures of him, he's sitting out in his yard in his chair with his little dog uh, in his lap. He's got a suit and tie on in the background. It's a new Cadillac in his house. 
So I don't I don't know where people get that. He he did have lots of ups and downs. Well, we are going to break, and I just want to say thank you so much to Don. He is a wealth information. He's certainly someone we want to have back, and his history is just invaluable for people to hear and apply to their future. We are sponsored by actually so many things, but Voice America being the first. Secondly, Big Events USA, the Red Carpet Connection, and, of course, our beloved Keep Smiling Movement. We'll be back in a couple minutes. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Welcome back to Amplified. We are, of course, sponsored by the lovely Big Events USA, the Umbrella Syndicate, the Red Carpet Connection, and Keep Smiling Movement. And we are so excited to continue the conversation about the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Andrea, if you'd be so kind as to introduce and read the bio for Sharon. Yes, uh, Sharon Lecter. She's an entrepreneur, a best-selling author multiple times, philanthropist, international speaker, mentor, a licensed CPA, and a chartered global management accountant. She is the premier expert financial literacy and seeker of success. She's a co-author of the international bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and she has 14 other books in the Rich Dad series, and she built that empire into the world's leading personal finance brand. And then she started working with Napoleon Hill Foundation to help re-energize the brand and release three best-selling books, uh, Think and Grow Rich, Three Feet from Gold, Outwitting the Devil, and Three Think and Grow Rich for Women. And she recently uh, released uh, Save Wisely, Spend Happily with the American Institute of CPAs. She's a highly sought-off mentor, has done beautiful, wonderful um, consulting with Disney and Time Warner. And she's the CEO of Pay Your Family First. And I'm so excited that we have her on the show. So thank you, Sharon, for being here. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Sharon, the first thing I, I would want to ask after hearing that bio is you must have had some amazing parents. I did have incredible parents, yes. Very, very blessed. They, uh, you know, at the time when I was growing up, there weren't too many women in business, and my, I, my parents said, you can do anything you want to. So it was like the sky's the limit, and they supported me through it all. Uh, even though I'm, my own parents, they never had a college education. My sister and I were the first generation to get college educations, and um, they 
supported us. I kept saying, whatever you're doing, I wish I could bottle it when I became a parent because um, the drive and dedication came from their their belief in me. So, so you are a parent, and share how you used your parents' philosophy to bring your children up. Well, I'm not only a parent, I'm a grandparent, and I often will awesome. say from stage, the only reason to have kids is so you can have grandkids because they are the <laughs> gift from heaven. Um, but from a parenting perspective, I think you love your children through it. You have to make sure that you allow them to um, fail. You know, so many people today put their kids in bubbles, and I think that's a real, uh, I'd rather my our children learn how to persevere and how to recover when they're young, when the mistakes are small and not huge. Um, I think it's very important for us to allow our children to discover their own passion and know that uh, the biggest issue for, my, for me today is allowing our children to maintain their integrity and their creativity, but also in allowing them to set goals and achieve them. In this world of instant gratification, so many times our children no longer have to set a goal work towards it and achieve it. And that's how their self-confidence grows. And we just need to reinvigorate that concept of allowing our children to build their self-confidence, their independence, by knowing that they are in control as they make. So this show is about gratitude. And I have to say, if it wasn't for Bernie Dorman with CEO Space and Greg Reed and Don Green, I did not know as well, but I, I certainly know he's connected to you. Can you just speak quickly on how each of those people played a, um, a role in your life, in your success? Well, certainly. It was March 20th, 2008, when Don called me to talk to me about this project, Three Feet from Gold. And um, I, as he mentioned in the first half hour of the show, I had left Rich Dad, but I'd known Don for years because we're in the same industry. And I was, I still remember the date because it was such a huge thing. I read Think and Grow Rich when I was 19. So to be asked to, to step in and support the foundation in this way was just an incredible honor. And um, so I met Re- Greg, I had him come over and I read his initial draft and so you know I really think we can make this three feet from goals because your listeners all know what was happening to the economy in 08 and it was really important to really have Napoleon Hill's advice out there again because it, many of today's most successful companies attribute their success to having um, read Think and Grow Rich and certainly during the Great Depression it really helped companies get firm footing and so it was important to reinvigorate those teachings with a much for the modern reader and three feet from gold was an incredible opportunity for us to do that by talking to many of today's contemporary leaders about not just their success stories but how they muddled through the the negativity and the downturn in the markets and that perseverance and understanding that they had a belief in what they were doing it was very important to share that and as don mentioned this year we're we're coming out with a 10th anniversary edition and we're very excited about it it's really hard to believe it's been 10 years but that's how, that's how I met Greg, and um, we are now doing a second book together, not only the 10th anniversary edition, but a book called Success and Something Greater, which will be out in September. So we're very excited about doing that. And, of course, we became very close friends, and I've supported him through Secret Knock, and um, he's just a, a dynamo. I'm very proud of the, the success he's created. 
And then Bernie Dorman, I, I actually knew even before that through the CEO space, and um, he has been, you know, a, an absolute um, gift to people who attend CEO space because it's an environment of um, no selling, but just trainers and teachers creating opportunities for people to understand how to take their businesses to the next level, great opportunities for networking, deal-making, um, and truly you know, time and space to meet other people that you can support and they can support you in driving to the next level. And then, of course, um, you know, Bernie has been doing this for many, many years, so his ability to network and connect people is incredible. So, um, and all of them, Greg, Bernie, Don, they're, they're just an extension of my family. I love them all. And Sharon, that is so exciting to be able to hear you you know, talk about all these people that, uh, you know, Ken and I've had the pleasure to hang out with and be with in so many different places and so many different events all over the United States. We're, we're going to have to go overseas sometime. Um, I have a couple questions as well, but I think Ken still had some. Ken, do you want to go ahead? Oh, no, go ahead and proceed. All right. So uh, one of the things that I was thinking about sharing with you that I want to hear more about, you know, Ken and I have the Keep Smiling movement and we are ready to play big. And when I saw that you, you know, had um, unfortunately the, the death of your son and 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 that, you know, put you on autopilot. But then you came back with, you know, this vengeance to want to play big and have a play big movement. I really want to hear more about that because so many people have tragedies in their lives and need that gumption to get going. Well, thank you, Andrew. Yes, and that's another, you know, I was actually at CEO Space ready to go on stage when I got the phone call that our son had passed. So um, the, wow. the support that I received from Bernie and everybody within the CEO Space family and Don and Greg was just incredible. And, uh, you know, I continued being very busy, but a lot of the spark and energy was not there. I was um, really, as I said, put my life on autopilot coasting. And, and everybody listening has probably had something in their life that kind of got in the way and stops you, or stops you in your tracks. Well, I, about a year and a half ago, I started thinking, you know, I'm not, I'm not playing big like I used to when I was at Rich Dad. We were partnering with Warner and Time Life, and that's all I knew. That's how I built businesses. Um, when I did the talking book, I partnered with Disney, Warner Brothers. But I stopped doing that, and I said, you know, this is crazy. I either need to um, go ahead and retire and uh, started thinking about that, and I got quite a bit of pushback from my family and friends, and I made the decision. I said, you know, I have, I have a lot of runway left. I need to continue doing it. I get, you know, I, I get so, I'm so grateful for the responses I get from people that I said, yeah, I really need to um, re-energize my own efforts, and that's why I created the Play Big Movement, to share with people what I'm doing and how I'm doing it so they too can follow suit and do it in there. I invite everybody listening. I have a private Facebook group called the Play Big Movement with Sharon Lecter. We actually aren't even launching the in a major way yet for another month or so. At the, I have an online course. And it really is talking about how you can truly take your expertise and become an authority and create generational wealth. So many of us focus on the money we earn instead of the assets we build, and we need to shift that mind focus. And so by creating this play big movement, I'm now stepping back out 
Um, and, I, you know, and it's working, and it will work for everybody who participates in it. And I'm happy to say that this year um, I have been asked to join the Get Motivated stages. So I'll be in Port Lauderdale at the end of January, Orlando, February, Atlanta, March, Minneapolis, um, April. And I'll be joining the platform with Susie Orman and you know, all kinds of Jillian Michaels. And it's going to be an incredible opportunity for, for me to um, share my message with even larger audiences. And so it's so all you have your mindset. Where is your mind? Are you looking at the bigger picture? And I want everybody to say, you, everyone's an expert. People can benefit from what you know. You've had successes, and you've probably had learning opportunities. And you can help others speed their way to success. And you step up, step out, and... Uh, Claim the opportunity to play big. So join me by coming to the Play Big Movement. That's amazing. And I, I want to ask, how do you actually create that oomph, that, uh, that recreation that actually keeps you going? Because you have been, like, top all the time. Well, I think – thank you very much. I appreciate that. That's a wonderful compliment, Ken. Um, when you are on task, when you, you know, it's not work when you're living purpose. And for me, every morning, the, the most successful businesses do one of two things, solve a problem or serve a need. And if you're truly in your wheelhouse and you're solving a problem and serving a need and your passion is aligned, um, it, it, you're like the Energizer Bunny. Every morning, you just remind yourself what problem you're solving, what needs you're serving, and you just get that burst of adrenaline to continue going. And it's something that uh, um, if you're if you're not doing what you're destined to be, there, then you'll you'll feel that something's out of sync. And it's important to really focus on on who you are, what you want. The personal success equation that we released in Three Feet from Gold is combine your passion and your talent. Now, my passion actually came from anger. I was mad we weren't teaching our kids about money in school. My talent, my background in publishing, my background in as a CPA was able to combine my passion as a parent. I was able to combine those. And most people stop there because they think they have to do it on their own. But the success equation is then times the right association, surrounding yourselves with the right people, and making sure you're reaching out to those bigger players to help spread your word even further, taking the right action. And then above all, mm-hmm. having faith, faith in yourself, faith in what you're doing, faith that it's needed and necessary. And that's going to keep you going through the tough times. Are you ever going to stop? Probably not. I don't know. I, you know, I thought about it and it didn't feel too good. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love what that... I do. I love the people that I meet. And um, it's, it, it is all about continuing to serve. And I get my greatest joy from service to others. Well, I will say that and that is certainly the commitment I see, and I have so many more questions for you, but let, let's just say that um, when you got that introduction to the project, Three Feet from Gold, what was that like, and what was the solution that actually brought it to life? Oh, the solution was easy. Don asked me to participate, and when Don asked me to do something, I will always say yes. So... Um, 
and uh, and it was funny because um, Greg and Greg and I are like yin and yang. He's Mr. Energy jumping on the chairs, and um, I'm a little bit more, um, a little older, a little more you know, basically heart centered from a standpoint of a little more mellow on stage. So it's uh, to see us combine. It, it actually works very very nicely, and I'm very proud <laughs> of uh, the young man that he's the professional he's he's grown into. So. Um, but it wouldn't have happened if it hadn't been Don asking me because anything that I can do to support the Napoleon Hill Foundation, um, I will I will show up ready to go. So we've asked this question on a multitude of shows, and it is how much publishing changes your life, and if you are up for the game of being a leader, an influencer, creating impact in the world, can you go back to when you first published and what book that was and how that changed your life? Certainly. Well, I've probably written and published close to 40 books because of the, if you add the kids' books, but um, adult books, 22. I built the talking book industry for children, so that started back in uh, 87, 1987. And um, certainly it changed my life because it gave me the opportunity to help bring reading back as a passion to children's lives around the world. Um, it helped that business helped train me in the art of playing big, licensing, going to larger partners, and having that power of association. And then um, certainly when I'm, we sold that company in 91, moved to Arizona, started working on financial education. And, and um, as Andrea mentioned in my bio, writing um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was obviously a huge um, a huge moment in my life, and never did we expect it to become the incredible bestseller it was. Over seven years on the New York Times bestseller list, over um, 30 million of the Rich Dad books sold over time. And it's something that uh, I thought Rich Dad was my legacy, but when I decided to leave the company in 2007, somebody upstairs said, no, there's a lot more for you to do. And I'm even prouder of my association with um, Three Feet from Goal and especially Outwitting the Devil and Thinking Rich for Women. And um, I think my destiny was really to support success in all aspects, but uh, the, the pride that I have in being affiliated with the Napoleon Hill Foundation far exceeds anything else. What do you think the formula of success is? Well, the formula for success is exactly passion plus talent and finding the right association, taking the right action, and having faith in yourself, having faith in what you're doing, that it's needed and necessary. But I also want to tell you that my definition of success really has nothing to do with dollar amounts. My definition of success is how you feel about yourself when you look in the mirror. Amen to that. Because abundance is actually that you are full of life and that you have everything you need. And I'm glad you addressed that because that variable is probably the strongest variable of all. Do you agree? Yes. So I wanted to ask one more question here. Um, so the question I have for you is what is the difference? Uh, what is the book that you have coming out going to teach? Because you have obviously taught so many lessons. What is the new lesson? Well, the, the book that's coming out is called Success and Something Greater, 
and it is um, a similar format to Three Feet from Gold, and um, it, it's not a parable, but it is, um, we've interviewed people from around the world in all different walks of life about what was their secret sauce, what was their um, magic key, all right, the, the, the magic key to their success, because we all have different things that we focus on. Um, and one may be um, customer service, one may be, um, you know, quality, high quality. So we share that so that people can see different ways that they can focus their business, so potentially create new opportunities and new markets. And we have some incredible people, Bob Bondurant, a very well-known um, race car driver. Uh, we have all kinds of individuals. Uh, a dear friend of mine, Fred Wagenhals, who invented all this, you know, the jet ski. He invented the the bronking, busting Bronco. He created an entire industry around NASCAR. So all kinds of different individuals about what they have you know, what their passion was, how they turned that passion into a secret ingredient that created an, a new market for them and their products and service. Very cool. Andrea, did you have one more question? Sure. Uh, Sharon, since we don't have a lot of time before rapid fire, I just wanted to address, you know, uh, what your ideas might be for some creativity we could do with women's empowerment. Well, absolutely, and we haven't really chatted about my most recent book, which was called Think and Grow Rich for Women, which I was hugely honored to be asked to do with, with Napoleon Hill and, of course, before that, Outwitting the Devil. But Think and Grow Rich for Women I loved because it gave me an opportunity to really show women that, you know, stop listening to the negativity out there and let's celebrate the progress women have made and understand that you have the opportunity. That it's never been a better time for women to step into their own power. And so Think and Grow Rich for Women took the incredible concepts of Napoleon Hill. I honor his words, same chapter format, and then I look at each element through the eyes of successful women. Over 300 women are in the book, and so I really, you know, as you read the book, you're going to see things that may not apply to you, but the next one may hit you between the eyes. And so, again, it's all about building up a female self-confidence. That's the number one issue that I see women don't have the strength or the confidence that they need. We have less than 4% of um, small businesses exceed a million dollars, and we need to get that percentage much higher. Um, I want to support women in really creating the ability to not just have a successful business, but to have one that's scalable and sustainable and eventually saleable. Awesome. Well, we're going to hit the wonderful, famous rapid fire where the art of the quick question is the art of a quick answer. So we can tag and give our audience as much value as possible in the remaining couple minutes. So you cannot say the obvious, which is Thing Grow Rich as a book that changed your life. That's a given. So what are two books that changed your life? Ladies first, Sharon, and then Don. Well, it would definitely be the Bible, and I'm out with the devil. Very good. Don? All right, Sharon, until we get Don back. The Bible, uh, yeah, yeah. yes. The Bible, okay. Bible, and anything yeah, else? The, 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 the Bible, and and, uh, and gosh, I just I just continue to uh, read every time I... Uh, I just finished Leonardo da Vinci's uh, biography, and I was just, uh, just, uh, just amazed by... The, by, by he kept detailed notes of uh, 
For example, the Last Supper is 20 feet high. And Andrea? Um, yes, I wanted to know what your favorite quote is, Sharon. Your quote is, you are the CEO of your own life. Don? Mine, someone painted it for me and it hangs on my wall. It's real simple. It said, if it is to be, it is up to me. Mentor that changed your life. A gratitude moment. Sharon? My father. No doubt Actually, about it. Uh, no, we're going to expand that. What did he teach you that changed your life? That I could be anything I wanted to be if I just worked hard enough. Awesome. Don? Mom was the same. Um, seeing her background and all just amazed me. They, they didn't have the education. Uh, I asked my mom once why they just went to seventh grade. That's far as the teacher did. It was no school buses. And it was 12 or 15 miles to a school. And Andrea? Um, yeah, I actually want to know if you had a superhero power, Sharon, what would that be? My superpower would probably be love. Mm. That is the best one. And, You've never and, actually and heard problem, that. And, pro- and problem solving, but love. Yeah. yeah. No one's <laughs> yeah. ever said that. Yeah. And, and by the way, if you look at it as love causing the uh, solution of problems, then it would actually be the ultimate com- combination. Don? Yes, mine's Acts twenty thirty five. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So, since I'm a world traveler, and I'm always curious what world, uh, what country you enjoyed most, or what country you want to, yeah, what country you enjoyed most, Sharon? Wherever I am at the moment. Amen. Nice. Don. Yeah, and there, yes, I'm the same, and everywhere I'm with. That's a copycat. Don, that's a no, we, we make we each make choices. <laughs> we just have to make the right. We just have to make the right choices. All right, Andrea. Um, if uh, tell me what was your favorite subject in school? <clears throat> like math, oh, English, always writing, math, math. Um, mine was history, and then math. All right. Uh, what are you most proud of, Sharon? My family. Don. Yep. That one was a given. My family, and second is I'm helping 50 kids go to college. Andrea, last question. Oh, awesome. Um, all right. So if you could change the world, one thing that you would focus on first, what was that area? Financial education. Amen. Don? Just education in general. Study people who's done it right and and. <clears throat> and learn from them. This has been such an exciting program because you've addressed all the values that this show is really about and education, problem solving, critical thinking, family. God bless both of you for everything you've done with your life. And I'm so thankful to know you. Sharon, thank you for that moment when I thrust that key smiling card in front of you and I said you caused smiles in the world and you held it and you didn't know me that well. So I just want to say I knew in that moment that (laughs) I was asking a lot and you didn't know me from anything, so thank you. Well, just so you know, that picture you took was is one of my favorites, so thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, you embodied the love that you actually bring to the world. So this program has been brought to you by Big Events USA, the Umbrella Syndicate, and most importantly, the Keep Smiling Movement. I am so thankful to Don and Sharon taking an hour of their life to spend it with us and to share. This is a program that when you hear it, please share it with others. They have lived a life that actually serves people and gives you the answers to how you can be successful and happy. Thank you. We'll see you next week.
hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashawn again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.